Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. If you would, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. This morning we'll be going over question 73, which is the sixth commandment. I won't have you turn to Exodus this morning because the verse is just four words. Which is the sixth commandment? The sixth commandment is, thou shalt not kill. And this morning, I want, I want you to continually try to think about this, the shedding of innocent blood as we go through this catechism. Keep that in the forefront of your mind, the shedding of innocent blood. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this morning, this Lord's day, Lord, to come together and to sing your praises. We pray that you to descend upon us this morning, Lord. Open our eyes to what you have for us this morning in the catechism and in our dear brother Randy's sermon this morning. Lord, speak to your sheep. Encourage us this morning, Lord. Give us life out of your word. We praise you and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The sixth commandment requires all lawful endeavors to preserve our own life and the life of others. As the summary was said in the New Testament, to love your neighbor as yourself. Let's look at two verses in Ephesians 5. Let's look at verses 29 and 30. And Paul's making a comparison here between a man with his own body and Christ with his body, the church. For it says that for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it even as the Lord, the church. He cherishes us. He, he cherishes his body. We ought to cherish our own bodies. We ought to cherish the bodies of others as well. God values human life. Let's look at Psalm 82. We'll see something here. The psalmist here shows us that we need to defend the life of others, especially the least of these. Look at verses 3 through 4. It says, Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rend them, I'm sorry, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. We're supposed to help others. I mean, I think in our society today about abortion, the slaughter of innocent lives, that if we just stay confined in this building and we never speak out against such things and preach the gospel and tell the world that we live in now, no, that is not right. It is not right to slaughter innocent lives. speaks of the wicked here that do that. In Matthew 25, verse 40, I'll read it. It says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. How do we keep this commandment? 
about not killing. It's, it's, it's not just the act of me taking a weapon and going to someone and inflicting mortal wounds on them and killing them. We'll see later in Matthew 5 that it's more than just an act of the flesh, it's an act of the heart as well. Proverbs 24, let's look there. Solomon says here in the Proverbs, verse 11 and 12, it says, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doeth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul, doeth not he know it, and shall not he render to every man according to his works? That's a scary statement right there, folks. We can't just, oh, that's not my problem. It is my problem. It is my problem to speak into this generation. It is your responsibility to speak into this generation when wrong has been done and innocent lives have been taken. Now, in the context of what we have today, that we go out and we vote and we do our best to put the people in that will preserve innocent life. I mean, thank God that Roe versus Wade, we had some traction on that in the last couple of years and we're moving forward to a better system there. But legislative law can't change the hearts of men. The gospel must be preached. That's what changes the hearts of men. Isaiah speaks of these type of people in 50, Isaiah 59, verse 7 and 8. It says, Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their past. The way of peace they know not. There is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. A grave warning of the shedding of innocent blood, the breaking of the sixth commandment, that thou shalt not kill. Turn to John chapter 8. Jesus speaks of this as well, of these wicked people. John chapter 8, verses 43 and 44. And he shows here the characteristics of the children of the wicked one right here, the ones who love to shed innocent blood. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Notice here that he was a murderer from the beginning. He wants to do everything that he can to tarnish the God of heaven. And how does he do that? 
by destroying God's creation. Everything that he could possibly do to tear down the order of which God created. We are created in God's image, the imago Deo in Latin it's called. The image of God, we are image bearers of God and anything that he could do to distort that. We see that with transsexualism in our days. We see that with marriage. Nobody knows what's what anymore with a man or a woman. You could do whatever you want. That is the creed of the Satanic Bible. Do as thou will will be the whole of the law. That's what people do today. They follow their own hearts. They follow their own flesh. There is no fear of God in them. Secondly, this morning, I'd like to address what the Sixth Commandment forbids. It forbids the taking away of our own life or the life of our neighbor unjustly or whatsoever tends thereunto. Let's look at Genesis chapter 4, the first account in the Word of God of Cain and Abel. And as I told you at the beginning, I'd like you to focus on this thought of the shedding of innocent blood. Genesis chapter 4. Look at verses 3. We'll start there. I'm sorry. I'm in... Yeah. Okay. Verse 3. <clears throat> In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. He was angry. He was in a rage because he had told with his hands and his back that he brought the best of what he could bring. Abel brought the best of what God provided. A sacrifice. Blood. Innocent blood. Verse 7 it says, I'm sorry, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wrought? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. And no, notice his words right here. Notice the heart of Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? We just looked at Psalms. We just looked at Proverbs. It is our responsibility to be our brother's keeper. He could care less. He was wicked. Verse 10, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. 
And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Remember this, that innocent blood that was shed cried out to the Lord God. And what did it cry for? Justice. Vengeance. He promises that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will replay. And this innocent blood of Abel cried out unto him. How much more do you think all the innocent blood that has been shed throughout all our time here on this earth from the beginning cries out to him for that great and last day of judgment? 1 John chapter 3, <clears throat> if you turn there. So serious an act that thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not spill innocent blood. First John chapter three. Start in verse ten. <clears throat> In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. What's he talking about? The message from the beginning. He's talking about the account we just read of in Genesis chapter 4, and he explains that here. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's <clears throat> was righteous. You notice when you're in the world and you speak to one that belongs to the devil, and you tell them of the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins, you can't have a civil conversation with them after you've said that. They hate him. They hate his righteous blood. Let's continue. Verse 13 here. And John goes on to give a great explanation of this. He says, Marvel not, my brother, and if the world hate you, know you not that we have passed from death unto life? Because we love the brethren, and he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. So what is John explaining to us here? How our Christian walk with one another is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a life of sacrifice. The laying down of our life for the other. I was thinking of this scripture yesterday when the tragedy that happened at work. And when you have those moments, you, you, you don't know what to say. 
when you come to them, but I would recall Romans 12, verse 15. And it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Be kindly affectionate one to another, preferring the other above yourself. That's how you love your neighbor. You lay your thoughts, your ambitions, your desires aside for the greater good of your brother. Numbers 35, I'll read you one verse here. This shocked me when I come across this the other day. So ye shall not pollute the land wherein ye are. For blood it defileth the land. And the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein. But by the blood of him that shed it. It defiles the land. Can you imagine the defilement in this earth from the beginning in Genesis into the last day when Jesus comes? The defilement that is in this land of the innocent blood that has been shed from century after century and millennium after millennium. And it says right here, but by the blood of him that shed it is the only way it can be cleansed. And now I want you to come back to that thought that we started at the beginning of. Innocent blood. There is a blood that was shed on Calvary's hill that pays for the blood that has been shed. If you're a murderer this morning, this blood of Calvary can cover that. I want you to think about that. I want you to consider that. All the blood that has been shed, all the killing and the murdering that has happened throughout time, the blood of Jesus Christ, and in Numbers 35, 33, it says that the land cannot be cleansed of that blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. But a substitute came and shed his own blood. That's why all our songs were about the blood this morning. What could wash away my sins? Nothing but that blood. I can't keep this law for righteousness sake. Only that blood can cover my sins. Matthew chapter 5. Let's look there. For the greatest sermon in my opinion on the law that was ever preached by our Lord Jesus. Because he, he did not only address the letter of the law, but the spirit behind it. So many times he said, you have heard it said of old, but I say. We're going to double down a little further and get to the heart of the meaning of what this commandment meant. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 21. Ye have heard it said by them of old that thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in the danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in the danger of judgment. Have you ever found yourself there? Angry with your brother? I found myself there.
And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which is translated, you moron or you stupid idiot or something like that, just a very derogatory, demeaning, looking down upon, shall be in the danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in the danger of hellfire. So if you got a problem with your brother or sister, someone you don't like within the church, he gives an example of what you're supposed to do, even if you think you're spiritual. He says, Therefore thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother had aught against thee. Leave your gift right there. Don't offer it. And go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come. And offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary. Quickly while thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary. Deliver thee to the judge. And the judge deliver thee over to the officer. And thou be cast. Into prison. Verily I say unto thee. Thou shalt by no means come out thence. Till thou hast paid the othermost. Fathering. God is dead serious about us loving one another. Now, this is not for righteousness' sakes. I'm not. We we very clearly discussed that before we started these Ten Commandments. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in His presence, but by the law is the knowledge of sin. And us reading us today, us going over this sixth commandment today, the knowledge of sin keeps pointing to us, keeps pointing to us that we still have a sinful body and that we are still in need for a Savior, whether we've been walking with the Lord for five years or we've been walking with Him for 50 years. We need atonement for our sins daily. The blood is so precious to us. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9, starting in verse 17. Writer of Hebrews talking about the Ten Commandments here, that first testament, that first covenant. It says, For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood both on the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of these things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better 
sacrifices than these. Pay attention right here, brothers and sisters. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world, he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That blood one time. 2,023 years later from that day when he shed his blood on Calvary, that blood is still efficacious as it was day one till it is now, till it be for all of eternity. That blood washes away sin. Hebrews 12, let's look at a few verses there. Verse 18. The writer of Hebrews gives a contrast between that old covenant and the new covenant by now which we are in. He says in verse 18, For you are not come into the mount that might not be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempests, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they that heard it entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore they were scared to death they said Moses tell him to stop tell God to stop talking we can't take, take it let him talk to you and then you come tell us what he said they were so fearful of this mighty God verse 20 says for they could not endure that which was commanded and if so as much as a beast touched the mountain it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart and so terrible was the sight that Moses even said I exceedingly fear and quake that was the old covenant the law written in stone do this or else was basically the synopsis of it. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do it, you'll be cursed. And if you'll read through Deuteronomy, those curses exceeded the blessings for the same thing. There was much more curses than there were blessings. Verse 22, we step into the new covenant here. He says, but you are coming to Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling. Remember from the beginning here, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out from the ground. Justice. Jesus' blood cries out, mercy. Mercy to all who believe my sacrifice on Calvary. If you will look unto me as your Savior, my blood covers your sin. This blood speaks of a better thing. 
than that of Abel. Verse 25, a warning. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for they escape not who refused him that spake on earth. Speaking of that time then in the old covenant. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Now, I'm pretty sure that just about all of us in this room this morning have not committed that outwardly. None of us have taken another person's life. But how much have we hated our brother? How much have we had ought against other people? How many times have we in our heart or even with our mouths said raka, you stupid idiot or something like that towards another, especially in traffic? How many times have we done that? Hands up all over the room. Praise the Lord. But praise God for this blood that was shed on Calvary that covers us. I love the Ten Commandments. It shows me the wickedness and the depths of the despair in my heart. And a lot of times I just want to go climb in a closet and turn the light off and say, Dear God, what's wrong with me? But this blood keeps crying out, Forgiven! Forgiven! And that's where my hope sits and that's where I rest. As we spoke over the Sabbath a couple weeks ago, Christ is our rest. The one who performed what we could not perform for ourselves. Are you a murderer? Are you a liar? Are you a thief? Are you a blasphemer? Are you an adulterer and a fornicator? Are you covetous? Have you broken every one of these Ten Commandments time and time and time and time again? His blood could cover that. If you're outside of Christ this morning, I beckon you. I don't care how far you have gone. I don't care how bad you have been. I don't care how wicked your heart is. Come to Christ and be cleansed by His blood. There is a King coming and His name is Jesus Christ. And He sent men like me and men like Brother Randy as emissaries speaking of His coming and He wants peace with you. And He's offering peace now on the earth if you will bow the knee to Him and accept His terms. But when He comes that glorious day in flaming fire with His angels, those who have made terms with Him will come with Him. But those who have not made terms with Him will be His enemies. And in that day, you will bow the knee 
but you will bow the knee and be conquered. Make terms with him today. If you know him not, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who takes away the sins of the world as your scripture says. We praise you, Father, that there be one in here, Lord, or who hears this today or another day, Father, on Facebook or on sermon audio, Lord. Take your word and do what you have purpose for it to do, for it will not return to you void, Lord. We pray for the salvation of souls, Lord. We pray for the, the umption, dear God, for the desire, for the grit, dear God, to walk out these doors, Father, in this wicked society that we live in and say, thus saith the Lord, this is wrong. You are breaking the God, Lord God's commandments. Turn from your sins and turn to Christ. Give us a holy boldness in this, Father. Not arrogance, not a mean spirit, but speaking the truth in love, Father, to a lost and dying generation. Help us in this, Father. Help the children in the back, dear God, for them to know you and to repent and turn to you, Father. Be with us in the next hour, dear God. May your glorious gospel go forth. In Christ's name we do pray and ask it. Amen.